For those of you who are a little older, you may remember this show from the late 50s, maybe early 60s, but locally it was called Romper Room. And our host was Miss Nancy, and every kid in Orlando would, on Saturday, would sit in front of that TV set. For one thing, they'd watch the show, but at the end, Miss Nancy would hold up her spyglass and go, thanks for visiting. And I see, oh, I can see, I can see Jim, Jim, how you, and Sally and Julie. And you waited just for them to, for her to call your name. And so I want you to know that through technology, I'm here in your living room. Some of y'all is your bedroom. And maybe we have such a magic glass. I love what you've done with the place, guys. But thank you for having us in your living room, some of you, your bedroom, maybe a few of you in the kitchen. But it is a joy that the body of Christ can meet together. And the Lord has put us on a journey, and I get to finish it up, this transformation, to transform yourself, a transformation that happens. And it happens from inside you. There's things that the Lord is going to do. He does to us on the outside, things that we see, comfort that we receive. But it's up to us to turn that into a transformation from the inside out. And I want to take a look at our first scripture. And it's our main text for the teaching. It's Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. That's amazing because the 30 years plus that I've been teaching and and counseling, people come and they go, if I could just know what God's will is. It it, It wouldn't matter if I told them exactly what God's will was right there because inside their thinking, in their mind, they couldn't hear what God's will is. Even if I said it perfectly. You know, explained it, drew a picture of what it was. Because without a changed way of thinking, there's no way to receive. And this scripture says, you know, when 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 you start putting God's words, God's attitude, when when you start studying the personality of of who He, who He is, and who Jesus is, and the Holy Spirit that ministers to us that you're able to test and see what this will is for you. And today that's important. And, and it goes much deeper than that. It's not about, oh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up this and I'm going to stop eating that and I'm going to stop traveling with this person. Oh, I might need to break up with these group of people that I spend too much time with that don't know him. This person that is, is very condemning, this person who makes me feel... It's, it's not about what... You do to clean yourself up. It is that. But the deeper thing is, is to know God's will. And you know what? When you know God's will, it gives us purpose. And with the world changing, we need to know what our purpose is. For some of us, our purpose may change. When you go from age to age, your purpose changes changes. My purpose changed here at this church when I headed over the leadership role to Pastor Peter. 
I'm the senior pastor. I get to teach. I counsel. I still have the relationships here. I'm a part of the leadership team. But my role has changed. And I have to renew my mind so that I can find that will of God. What is my new purpose at this stage of the church life, of my life? To find your purpose, what an incredible thing. And, and here's what's so important is that it, in these days of the, the COVID virus, the government, uh, medical people have told us what we're to think about it. People go to their TV and they're trying to find hope. And they're telling us that we need to conform to a new way of life. And this Scripture tells us, no, you know, you can change your hygiene. I've never washed my hands so much. <laughs> you, you, you just always hear someone sneeze. You're like, ah, you know, it's like that's the disease chasing me. There's been a spirit of fear that's been released. And people, good people, Christian people, the church is turning on their TV, the radio to find out how we're to think now and how we're to feel. We need hope. President, give us hope. Dr. So-and-so, give us hope. I want you to know you're conforming to the ways of the world. They have knowledge to give to us about my hygiene. My wife's going to be glad that my hygiene's going to get better. But we've surrendered how to think. We've conformed to the fear. We've conformed to it. Our answer is coming from them. Our answer comes from the Lord. And unless we renew our mind constantly, weekly, daily, we conform to the world. We're at a dangerous and exciting point in the church right now. It is, it, it is a place where you can move into fear or excitement. I'm excited. I'm excited with clean hands, <laughs> very clean hands. <laughs> Remember, the Lord says, do not conform to this world's thinking, but to be a changed mind because we know what God's plan is. And we will be able to determine what is his will for me, for my family, for my business, maybe a change of employment to when to step forward, when to step back, when to say something, when not to say something. Who to befriend, who to unfriend. The will of God. I'll know it. And that brings me purpose. If I know what his will is, I'm going to find purpose. This is nothing new to the enemy. In the first church, it, it, when Jesus was, uh, died on the cross and he was resurrected, and he walked amongst his disciples, and then... He ascended into heaven in front of 120 people. He gave them his last. He goes, go and preach the gospel to every nation. And he ascended. And those people, when he ascends, he goes, you know what? Go and tell your story. It is no longer just my story, but now you have seen what I've done, and I've, you've seen what's happened in you. You now have this story. Just go tell your story. Those people were given purpose, and the church in Jerusalem exploded. 
And everybody loved the fellowship. They loved right there. Oh, there's my buddies. There's my friends. Oh, we're in a pattern. We encourage one another. But then a famine came. There's starvation everywhere. And here the enemy rejoiced. He tried to kill the church. This, this brand new living organism. The church. He tried to kill it. But you know what happened? The church, with a renewed mind, found new ways, inventive ways. A lot of them left Jerusalem to find new lives. They, they went throughout Europe, throughout Africa, the Far East, to find new ways of living. They took their families. And you know what happened when they left? The gospel left with them. This is how the gospel spread through a time, a hard time, a time of famine. And I want you to know that that same thing's happening now. You know, the enemy wants to, to kill the gathering of God's people together. Isn't it amazing? You can go to, to Publix and there's 200 people in there, and that's fine, but you can't go to church. You can go to Home Depot and Lowe's. That's fine. Just be smart about it. How can I distance myself in that store and I can't at church? The enemy is rejoicing over this, but guess what? I looked, I looked at the, the statistics, the monthly summary of those who are tuning in on all the different broadcasts that we have during the week, the different means. And this month's summary, just under 3,000 People tuned in. 3,000 people. We are reaching more people during this crisis. In fact, the gospel is going into people's homes. Talk about a church without walls. Right now, there are children that, that were dancing to our worship in their living room. There are you know, your neighbors. They were having watch parties, and neighbors are coming next door where they wouldn't travel to get ready to travel to come to this building, but they're meeting in homes right now. And it's, just not, it's not just restricted to the Orlando area, but it, in this summary, it tells us that there are people from Scotland, Great Britain, Jamaica, hello, my brothers, India, Peru, Ukraine. They tune in. They're tuned in this week. They're sitting, you know, at the foot of their TV as the gospel's coming in their door, their windows, they're, they're, they're right to their TV. It's inside the home. It's no longer I have to go here to get it. The gospel is delivered into your home. So the church cannot slip into or <laughs> adjust to this post-pandemic culture, a mindset. Our hope can't be coming from what the world is telling us. We need to remove, renew, remove that other stuff, let them know, you know what, they can help me how to practice hygiene. But you know who else did that? Leviticus tells, tells you how to wash your hands, when to wash your hands, what to eat, what not to eat. I mean, the Bible's got the hygiene thing down says, don't touch unclean things. And it lists the unclean things. 
Well, there's another story that I, we're going to look at, and I, I'm going to go through it quickly. And it's Luke. There's a, an appointment. Jesus has a transformation appointment with a young man in Luke 8, 28. It said, when Jesus, he hops in the boat, and he goes, when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from that town. It gets better. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes. How would you like to get off the boat, you know, get off your cruise? And there's the naked guy full of demons saying, hey, what's happening? That's shocking right there, but that didn't throw Jesus off his game. Just as when he would go and meet with lepers and touch them, it didn't throw him off his game. So this naked guy who lived, and he did, he tried to live in a house, but he lived in the tombs. Naked, homeless, stinky. There's more. This guy says was absolutely tortured by an evil spirit. Jesus asked him what his name was, and he says, Legion. So Jesus, and just moving along quickly, what Jesus did, well, he demanded that these demons come out. The demons going, just don't send us to the abyss. Let's go on those pigs. And he goes, sure, go to the pigs. They jump in the pigs. The pigs freak, run, run up the hill and off the cliff into the ocean, and they're drowned. So the story goes on. When the people came to Jesus, and watch this. They found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And here's their reaction. They were afraid. How can that be? Because it isn't in the way of their thinking. It, they were thinking like they've been told to think. They, they were thinking worldly. This is not normal. The very people who came to hear Jesus and to get something from him, when they see something supernatural, they become afraid. Wow. It doesn't stop there. Those who had seen it told how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So you know what Jesus did? He got in the boat and he left. The Lord doesn't press himself upon anybody who doesn't ask him to stay. And I'm hoping that there are those of you today who said, you know what, I am listening to the world. You're not looking to from whom your joy, your peace comes from. Some of us in, in that reaction have really asked the Lord to leave. Well, in this we see five hallmarks of what being transformed looks like in this young man. But before we see that, the story goes on. And I couldn't help but to notice that when those same people who came to get a little something from Jesus, hear what he say, 
he, could, he would say to them? He said, when they saw the pigs drowned in the ocean, they started to murmur and talk about what an economic waste. This man's life was changed at the cost of some pigs. You know, some people might say, why do you want to build a, a, build a, a nicer church or a bigger church in another part of town? Because I want to see men and women delivered. It's not about the money. I want to see the Holy Spirit move so powerfully. And those who have a transformed heart, changed their thinking, are going to rejoice. So the first hallmark is sitting at Jesus' feet. To sit at the, this rabbi's feet was to say, I'm a disciple. What's wonderful that you inviting us into your house today, you're sitting at the feet of the Lord, the words of the Lord. All of you who are watching this, you've got the first trans, transformation mark in your life. We're becoming a disciple. That you're calling yourself a disciple by this very action. So if any man, man wants to be my follower, you must turn away from your selfish ways. Give up your time. Number two, it says dressed. When he was dressed, it implies there was a new standard of behavior. Scripture says to clothe yourselves with compassion. Clothe yourself with kindness. You put it on. Just don't sit there naked. Just don't say, oh, I've been transformed. It means that you walk with a, a different standard in your behavior. Your words are different. There's a different look on you. There's a different reaction when you see things that aren't right and when you see things that are. You have, you're, you've dressed yourself with gentleness and patience. Number three, right mind suggests wholeness. All the, all the fragments of this man, he was shamed. He ran around naked. People knew he was naked. They could describe his naked body. They, were, they would cover their children's eyes when this man would come around. He, his, he was shamed. He was absolutely shamed. And that he's in his right mind. For him to be in his right mind, he had to be healed of his shame. How many of us are healed from our shame? There was no hiding because that wasn't me. That was another. No, that was, I, that was you, buddy. I, you are naked. You are naked. I, I went into Publix uh, this week without a mask or gloves on. You would have thought I walked in there naked. I mean, people, oh, everyone had masks on, everyone had gloves on. I thought I walked into a surgery room. And when they looked at me, I was going, I'm kind of naked here. You know, I was mass shamed. But <laughs> there are many of us who are shamed from things that have happened to us, things that we've done. And that's part of the transformation. To be in your right mind. The old has passed away and you walk in newness of life. Number four, this man had a hunger for Jesus and his transformation. He said, you know, can, can I go with you? Jesus, I just want to follow you. I want to be with you. I want to learn from you. I want you to teach me everything. We've got to return to that hunger. 
That's where the transformation happens. It's when we start hungering to, what is, what would Jesus do in this situation? What is the Holy Spirit telling me to do in this environment? And that leads us to number five. He received a purpose to stay. He asked to go, but Jesus said, no, stay and remind the people. Remind them of what happened to you. Tell your story. That's purpose. Tell your story. But until there's some type of comfort, healing, some of these acts of transformation has to be real inside of you. And you might say, but wait, if, if I were full of demons, if legion was in me and Jesus set me free, sure, I, could, I would have all these marks too, but let's remember about the 10 blind men that Jesus healed. He didn't tell them to stay. He didn't tell them to follow, but one on his own returned. See, that one recognized what Jesus did on the outside, and it was him who put it on the inside and let it grow out, that he would return to worship him. And even he, the Lord said, go and show the elders that you're, you're healed. Anytime, anything that God has done for you, he's done for you, towards you, on you. But we, as his people, have to take that from the inside, receive his word, let it transform the way we think. And from the inside, it grows. It's like an egg. If ever you try to crack an egg open to find the chick, it always kills the chick. That egg, life comes from the inside and cracks out of the shell. I'm asking us as friends in the church family, put this inside. Let life crack you out of that shell that we find new purpose. And just as it is with any time the Lord gives us his words, his challenge for, that we change our thinking, we got to get rid of some of this, this doubtful, this fear. A, a, a healing needs to come on. Many of you need to receive some type of healing You've got to see the hand of God right now come down and touch you. But then you have to internalize this thing and say, I receive God's word. And I want to change that stinking thinking. I'm going to stop hearing that voice of that person, that teacher, that parent who said, you'll never amount to anything. You're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I can't imagine anybody who would want you. You know, settle for this kind of job. You've got to quiet that thing because it is a lie. That's the enemy. That's legion speaking to you. And you need to stop it. You need to replace it. You need to say no to it. And replace it with what God says you are. You're his. You're his precious. You're his precious. We need to draw to it. I hope you don't
quickly turn off the TV because you have to run to something. I believe in prayer. And those, uh, those of you here, what I'm saying, and you go, that's me. You condemn yourself because you may be trapped in a habit, a relationship, something you're doing and you know there's a part of you says it's wrong. We left up, or we put up uh, the small group questions and I hope that you join one of our small groups this week just to discuss these things. These are hard questions, but you need to be honest. But I want, before you meet, I want to pray for those you know you need a healing. You need a touch. You need a touch. But remember, this is just what God's going to put to, to, to free you so that you can transform yourself. So please pray with me. So Jesus, we want to thank you. We want to thank you that you came and you did this. Because many of us are that naked person on the beach and you've touched us and you've released us and we're trying to live a clean life, but you want us to have more than just stop spitting and cussing and washing. More than hygiene. Lord, we need healing. We need to find purpose. We need to know what your will is for us in this new world, this changing society. Father, that your word is being delivered in my house right now. In my home. Father, heal us from our shame, from our lack, from our doubt, from that voice that's condemning us. Father, set us free that we can sing Next week, we're going to sing with the transformed people, with people whose mind are changes, who's looking to you for their hope, for their healing, for their safety, for their purpose. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.